0: Welcome to the Real Happy Mom podcast. I'm your host, Tony Ann, the blogger and content creator at Real Happy Mom, where moms can find encouragement and practical tips for this journey called motherhood. And I also have this podcast to introduce you to other moms from various walks of life. And today on episode number 30, I'll be talking to Michaela all about getting functional toys for your child. But before we jump into this episode, I wanted to make sure that you knew about my free planner that you can download at realhappymom.com planner. There you'll find a weekly planner, meal planner, monthly planner, pretty much every planner that you'll need to make sure that you're on top of things and know what's for dinner. So head over to realhappymom.com planner. Now let's jump into this episode of the Real Happy Mom podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Michaela. I'm happy to have you.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: I am excited to talk to you today about a very interesting subject. But before we jump into that, I wanted you to just tell us a little bit about yourself and about your business.
1: Perfect. Well, my name is Michaela Simon. I live in the small state of South Dakota, (laughs) Um, small as in population, not size. I have two daughters, an almost three year old and an almost one year old. Odessa and Audra and they are kind of my inspiration to my business stages of fun So first off a little bit about my business and my background. I'm a physical therapist and I work in pediatrics So I became a pediatric physical therapist. I kind of started working there about three years ago And as you heard my oldest daughter is three So all of a sudden my world was just kids kids at work kids at home and I just was like whoa This is a huge mind flip kind of like I have to think about everything differently and when I went to try to buy good toys for work or good toys for home, it was a struggle to find ones that didn't have batteries or ones that I could use in ways like different ways and promote creativity and my daughter to gain her skills. And so a business idea kind of formed. And so this is where Stages of Fun or Stages of Fundamentals uh, comes from. So what we do is we have two different kind of sections of Stages of Fun. We have our play kits, which is our bread and butter. What that is, it's play kits for uh, developmentally aged kids zero to five. So let's say you have a two-year-old and you need a birthday gift. I have a play kit for you that is designed for two-year-olds. Or I have a newborn or or six-month-old. So that's perfect for kids zero to five. In my play kits are toys that are high quality and kid-tested and mom-approved. They are helping you gain developmental milestones because I give you education in those play kits. And then ways that you can play with your kiddo with those toys that will help them gain their skills through fun play. So that's super cool. And that's kind of where we started. Then in June, I am very excited about this. I have a membership to help mamas, you know, and dads, you know, easily play with their kids. It's a content calendar. Every month, you're going to get a calendar for kids two to five that is play ideas and games and songs and stories all laid out for you. And so then all you have to do is download the idea and then do that game that day. Or maybe the next day it's a craft. And it's all developmentally based and age appropriate. So you're not gonna be doing something super hard with your three year old and then everyone's frustrated. But then you're also like, oh, here's a song that I can work on their language that I would never have thought of <laughs> kind of before. And so I made it easy. And so I'm really excited about that launching here in June. So that is where I'm coming from. And why I started Stages of Fun is just to help moms find the best toys, the best books, and then be able to play in a more fundamentally fun way.
0: Awesome. Now, Michaela, I know when I was looking at your website and also talking to you, you used the term functional Mm playtime. So can you tell us what you mean by functional playtime?
1: Yeah. So I always kind of, my little like tag is I capitalize the fun in functional because I want... Play to be fun. I you don't want to, you know, quiz your kids with necessarily like flashcards or you always have to do worksheets for them to learn. Like you can learn colors by throwing different color balls, or you can learn letters by trying to find a letter like a race during an obstacle course and put letters at the end of it. You can work on balance by jumping over logs or bouncing balls and working on hand-eye coordination. It's just the way that you're playing with your children versus a video game or letting them watch endless TV. Or, you know, and letting them play by themselves is good, but you also want some guided play as well. And so that's where functional play comes in, is that it's fun, but also is purposeful and helps them gain specific skills if you just kind of tweak things here and there.
0: Now, I like this functional playtime because I I told you before about my little um, problem with toys in my house. (laughs) I have my six-year-old. He is the first grandchild on my side. And of course, everyone spoiled him with lots of toys from the time he was born up until (laughs) now. And so we have a playroom, but that playroom was literally like overflowing with toys. I am not joking. I took five trash bags and filled them up and took them to Goodwill the other day. And it's still (laughs) a bunch of toys in there. Like it's ridiculous.
1: Well, I can help. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So
0: I am excited to talk to you because I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one because A lot of times, these kids, they see these toys, especially on commercials and things like that, and they get so excited. But I want to make sure that we're getting toys that kids are actually going to use and be fun, but also help with learning and development as well. So what should we look for when we're buying toys for our kids?
1: So the first thing I always look at is it can be played with in several ways. So what I talk about is a ball. This is a great example. A ball can be not only, oh, I can play catch with it, but you could play soccer. You can create an obstacle course with it. You can make it and knock down towers of blocks. So there's four different ways that I just kind of came up with off the top of my head that you can play with a ball versus a video game kind of directs the play. So let's say a video game will tell you, hey, you need to do this to win the game. Well, then the kid can follow the instructions but with a ball the child comes up with the game the child uses their creativity to say okay this ball is now a bowling ball or this ball is going to knock over the tree and try to hit the tree work you know so now all of a sudden they're using their own creativity and then working on several skills versus the video game kind of directs them so that's kind of the first thing i look at the second one I'm a little biased, so I have to say that off first, but I rarely buy toys with batteries. Very rarely. One, you know, you'll find some here and there that are good because unfortunately, like I was just saying, toys with batteries direct the play. They really promote sedentary play, so sitting and not moving. Which, as I'm a physical therapist, I love movement, <laughs> yeah. and you know, and kids do too. And so that's how they learn and learn about their environment. Is instead of red square on a you know the tablet, go show them a, a block that is red, and then figure out what else red you know in the living room. Or and now all of a sudden now they're putting real life objects to use and putting it and connecting it in their brain versus unfortunately, they can't necessarily take that information from a screen and apply it to real world. So those are kind of the two things I look at. I also look at if a toy can grow with a child, because if you're going to be spending, let's say 20 or $30 on a toy, I sure as a mama don't want to be using it for a month and then it can't be used again. Yes. And so I, I, again, I don't, I rarely buy, like, let's say my daughter really likes princess Sophia. Mm -hmm. I don't buy a lot of princess Sophia toys because next month right now, she likes a monster show. So all that princess Mm -hmm. Sophia stuff is no longer useful. It's no longer wanted to be played with once in a while. I'll give her something like that, you know, but it's usually like a doctor set, that has Princess Sophia on it or something that will continue to be useful even after the Princess Sophia phase, per se. So those kind of are the three things I look at are, one, if it can be used in several ways, two, minimal batteries, and then, or if it has batteries, if the batteries died, can it still be played with? So like I have this, I've seen it in people's houses. It's a box, a plastic box that has batteries and they light up and all this. But if those batteries died, it literally just would be a plastic box. Like no one would want to play with that. So that would not indicate a great toy. And then thirdly, if it can grow with your child. So I kind of look at those three things for gifts. And I have to admit, I am a great gift giver. So if you want to be a great gift giver and be the kind of the proud aunt or cousin or, you know, mama, you want to follow these instructions because every time I give a gift, my gift is played with at that birthday party first. So
0: (laughs) nice, nice. Okay. Now that helps me out a lot. And I don't feel so bad about throwing out those bags full of toys because (laughs) I didn't follow any of the three things. (laughs) So that is good. I can definitely work with that. Now, can you give us some examples of toys that are not the best, but some alternatives that are better for functional playtime?
1: Yeah, so thinking a lot of times we see, I think, babies. So a lot of times we get, there's this plastic bear that is really popular right now. It's literally a plastic bear that if you kind of knock it over, it lights up. Okay. And um, it sings or something or, you know, giggles. Well, it, they promote it because marketing, you know, is always how they market that it, it helps with hand eye coordination. They market that it helps with cause and effect, and they market that it helps with their gross motor because they'll want to chase it. Unfortunately, I don't see any of that happening, and I would rather have them have a sensory ball for that. Okay. So a sensory ball is something that's maybe spiky, or that is textured and that will roll slowly because now your you know your baby will want to reach for it and all of a sudden they're getting these different textures and it some of them do light up inside of it so that would be an appropriate battery toy mm-hmm. you know it lights up as it rolls and so now that is promoting them to have a gross motor gain because they're going to want to go get it they're going to want to see the light so they do get that cause and effect still but it's not a constant like the that flash on the bear is very long, like it like l- lasts 20 seconds.
0: Oh, okay. you
1: know stuff like that. So that was that's a good option. The another one is maybe for the older. So let's talk about our you know toddlers or pre case kiddos. Mm-hmm. A lot of them I'm seeing that they love these tablet games. Yes, and I'm not trying to hate on tablets. I I mean we all need them in real life anymore. You know for a little bit of here and there but instead of focusing on that and being proud that they can now match you know the red or the yellow with this color on this game i would way rather have you buy some plain old wooden blocks you know like the the red and the yellows that are different sized and different colors and different weights because now you can play with those in probably a hundred different ways that's helping them with gross motor and fine motor and cognition skills such as like on um, the colors, obviously, but mm-hmm. numbers and counting and math, And then on top of it, it can also be like building. So working on, can this stack on top of this without falling? They start to learn gravity. They may not be able to call it gravity, but all of a sudden they go, whoa, this fell. That's how they start putting things together versus, you know, kind of just one finger play on the iPad. That's not helping fine motor. That's not helping gross motor. And unfortunately that's not helping language either. Cause it promotes them to be quiet versus when they're playing with blocks, you want to yell because ah, it fell over, <laughs> <laughs> yes. you know? And so you, Oh, where's the red one. You know, they start to talk more when they're playing and that helps with their speech and language and communication. So all of these skills are built with something that's simple as blocks
0: I have I told you I have a six year old that loves trains and cars, That's anything awesome. like motor. So we had like a million train sets, one <laughs> of which I threw out, and a ton of cars. So I'm trying to think of an alternative to a so you can cars. you can
1: keep the cars and the trains, but what you would want to look for are like wood ones. okay that don't make the noises because <laughs> if they have to drive the train around the track themselves, they're working on their hand-eye coordination. They're working on their gross motor imbalance because they have to you know, try to balance while they turn it. And then it also actually works on their voice and communication because they have to make the train noise. You know, choo-choo versus a lot of the battery ones do it for them. Again, promoting the kid to be quiet. And then you turn it on and it goes. So then the child sits and doesn't get that, you know, creative and movement play. So you can continue to promote what they like. You just have to kind of find ways that can, you know, like that are less sedentary. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Now that I can do. Very good. Yeah. Michaela, one thing moms are good at is getting toys that help with development when they're babies, because I Mm -hmm. see a lot of those toys out there. But there is definitely a need for us to focus on toys for kids as they get older. Definitely. Um, So I wanted you to just talk to us about getting toys and doing activities with our kids that can help as they get older. And I know you talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I know th- everyone is really good with the babies. <laughs> That's yep. the big thing. It's just the bigger kids that yep. I don't think we're that good with.
1: So I, th- I understand that. So sometimes with those older kids, what we start to see in the stores are, you know, the workbooks. Oh, you, you have to learn by writing. You have to learn by – but if you think of adults, um, we learn in different ways. I might learn by reading and you might learn by doing and someone else might learn by hearing. So did you just hear those are three different ways of learning that did not include necessarily just sitting and focused work. And so children learn the same way. They learn by doing. And so a toy doesn't necessarily have to be marketed as they will teach them to do X, Y, and Z for them to learn with it. It's just the way that you play with them to do that. So let's say you want to help them learn their I'm just going to say numbers because that's easy. You know, mm. I would rather have you go outside with a, a, like maybe a booklet and, and go on a scavenger hunt. Let's go find one stick. Let's go find two leaves. Let's go find 20 rocks. You know, all of a sudden now they have to try to count and actually play with things. Mm-hmm. Um, So that wasn't even about toys, but that wasn't just out in, you know, outside, (laughs) but you can do that with your blocks. So let's say it's not a nice side outside. You know, you can do that with your balls or you can do that with your, your blocks, or you can, you know, let's find three red Legos. Let's find four white, you know, stars or whatever you have in the house. Let's find three spoons, you know, just kind of real life counting versus counting the stars on a worksheet. So kind of looking at better toys are just, again, kind of following those three simple ways that I described earlier is using those same toys, but just turning the way that you're going to play with them. So let's say the next day you want to work on colors, you know, you would do the same thing. Let's find three red objects. Or if you're looking at, geographical knowledge let's say you can find a map or a globe very easily and then you can kind of talk about that region and then pull out we all have a million stuffed animals right Mm -hmm. (laughs) so let's say a bunny lives in europe where where's europe and you know as an age appropriate because that wouldn't really be age appropriate for little little kids but that would be for like you were talking about that kind of six to ten age you could Mm -hmm. start talking about some of those areas and then oh the bunny's gonna stand on europe and then put it on europe on the map or you know whatever your topic is for that week or month
0: okay i like that that's definitely something that i can incorporate especially with the summertime coming up yes (laughs) i need a lot of activities to keep this and so
1: that is where i'm hoping to help and and for littler, you know, zero to five, you know, mm-hmm. give those, you know, kind of smarter, purposeful play ideas that as busy mamas, we don't always have time to create, right? Yes, <laughs> we were talking about hectic weeks. You know, I, I know if this wasn't my job, I wouldn't necessarily always have time to come up and create different ways to play that are themed, you know, about jumping or whatever for that month. And so I'm trying to give that to moms so that they can play purposefully, but easily. into their busy schedules.
0: Absolutely. Now, Michaela, one thing that I noticed that you mentioned a lot is focusing more so on not just learning one particular aspect, but also gross motor skills, verbal skills, all those different things. And I wanted you to just share a little bit about that because I think we get so focused on trying to prepare our kids to be like, awesome students in school that we forget (laughs) that there are other things that they need to to do in order to be those awesome students in school.
1: So I work in my local school district and talking to other therapists. So I was talking to an occupational therapist and she said, there are so many kindergartners right now that don't know how to hold a pencil correctly. Mm -hmm. Like it blew me away for her to say that because they get to kindergarten and they, she called them iPad hands. That they can, oh You know, that they, they point with one finger and mm-hmm. they can do all these skills with an iPad. But now you ask them to, you know, go through a, a simple maze on a piece of paper with a pencil. And they're like kind of gripping it with their whole hand or they don't know how to hold it mm-hmm. or they they can't control the pencil because they're not used to it. And so now we're trying to teach them to, you know, write their letters and their name. And they're struggling because they literally don't have the hand strength. Because going back to blocks, (laughs) if you don't know, I love blocks, Um, but going back to blocks, building with blocks builds hand strength. Playing on the ground crawling builds hand strength. That all prepares a child for writing later on, but if we kind of miss those early on steps... Now we're trying to play catch up once they get into the school aged. So that was just, you know, fine motor, but I'm seeing that as well in gross motor. You know, I'm having a lot of kids not able to, you know, go up and down stairs by themselves. Mm -hmm. Or if you start even looking at, it's called activities of daily living. So ADLs, looking at ADLs, kiddos are not able to put their own shoes on or their own coats on once they get to kindergarten or first grade. They're not able to tie their own shoes you know, because we all have Velcro, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, that we may not always think about as parents. But now once we get to the, the school age, we're seeing all of us therapists are like, ah, <laughs> <let's> <laughs> help. and so that's where another thing, you know, that I try to help on, you know, like my blog, and I'm trying to give parents that, oh, hey, let's try to have them tie their shoes today, you know, and like, And some parents are like, whoa, I didn't even think about that yet, you know? And Mm -hmm. yeah, so I'm just giving you those simple cues to help your kiddo get ready for not only school, like you said, cognitively, but just kind of to be independent, to be more independent in the school day, but as well as as at home.
0: I am totally with you on that one because Mm -hmm. honestly, like I was a little nervous, I'll be honest, when my oldest went to preschool because the teachers were really promoting, you know, the kids be independent. And I was really nervous because I knew my son couldn't do stuff because I knew I didn't prepare him for it. And so with the second child, I'm like, you're not going to, I'm not going to make the same with you. So I've been working on it a lot more, but you know, just basic things like, you know, putting the button. Yes. And you kind of tying your
1: shoes. Like, it was yep. a struggle. It was really yep. hard. Mm-hmm. Zipping your own coat or unzipping it. And, like, just things like that. You know, you can start way earlier than a lot of people do. And so it's it's really cool. Like, I was working on it with my oldest when she was, like, 18 months. Okay. You know, just having her finish it. She wouldn't start it necessarily. But mm-hmm. I remember I was in a, a hair salon and a gentleman there was like, whoa, that's really impressive. And I was like, what is, oh, that she zipped her coat. And I was like, oh, I like, you know, for me now that I've worked on it, it kind of just came commonly. Like I was like, oh, I guess it is. I, I, then that's where kind of the same time stages of fun, you know, kind of came up because other parents weren't doing that. And I want to help them do it so that they can feel as proud as I do when my kiddos accomplish something.
0: Yes, definitely. Now, Michaela, if moms are listening are like, hey, I want to learn more about Stages of Fun, where can they find you online and learn more about you and your business?
1: So stagesoffun.com, super easy. And I try to keep everything the same. So luckily, Instagram and Facebook, both are my handles are Stages of Fun. I also have a new kind of personal area. It's com either of those will direct you to the membership if you're looking for just the play ideas or stages of fun will have the the toys on it that you could buy for those special occasions with free shipping nationwide since I'm in a small state I know that's really important so
0: Yes, that is a a nice little perk to have.
1: I did think of something. I wanted to help you with your toy craziness.
0: (laughs) Thank you.
1: (laughs) Um, I know a lot of mamas struggle with this, so I think this is a really cool thing to talk about, Mm -hmm. and I'll just talk on it really quickly. It's Mm -hmm. called a toy rotation. And I'm going to have some blogs on that. And um, so, you know, go to stagesoffun.com to kind of follow that if you're more interested in knowing about it. But what it is, is go through your toys, go get some of those plastic, you know, large totes, put a third of the toys in the totes, and then go put them in the garage or the closet or wherever they are hidden. And your child does not get to play with those toys for a month. They only get the toys that are in the room or, you know, their room, the living room, et cetera, but they do not get those ones in the totes. And now a month later, rotate them, take those other toys out and the other ones put another third of them away. And guess what? Your child will, oh, yay, look at these. Even though you've had them for two years, they're going to love that toy because it's, it seems new. They didn't get to play with it for the last month. Yes. And all of a sudden you get to play with those same toys over and over, but you know, kind of not having something all of a sudden, just like adults, we want it right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so that's exactly what happens with a toy rotation. It's really quick. It's really simple, but now you don't have to necessarily go buy a ton of toys. And I'm saying that as a toy salesman, cause I'm not here or woman, so, you know, that I'm not here to sell you a lot of toys. I'm here to sell you the play ideas and ways to purposefully play just with better toys. But if you're like, Michaela, I don't need more toys. That's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, I can give you the the membership with the play ideas with your toys that you already have. If you just do a toy rotation and all of a sudden they're going to want to play with the toys that you already own, which is a beautiful, fun thing. And so like, I just do a mini one even every week and just do it out of my daughter's closet. I stick some toys on the top of the closet and pull them out randomly, you know, throughout the week and put other ones up there. And those ones are the ones she wants to play with, you know, like, oh, the Legos came down. Guess what? She's playing with Legos now. And I put away the Barbies for a while or, you know, whatever. And so it's really a fun, easy way to just play with and rotate through the toys you already own so that your child's interested in them again.
0: I definitely can do that. And I can see how that would work in this house. So thank you for that.
1: Yeah, no no worries.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, Michaela, before we sign out, I have one question that I ask all of my guests. And it is, if you could have any superpower, what would it be?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. So I would probably time travel. I would love to just, I I wouldn't want to mess with anything. I mean, I love my life and, you know, but I just would like to go back and learn more about those, you know, different times or kind of rewatch times of my life. Like, Ooh, yeah, I definitely misinterpreted that or something. And, but learning, you know, about different eras and, you know, really experiencing that I think would be really cool. And I'd be able to learn from it in my personal life and going forward.
0: I like that. I could definitely see how that would be pretty fun. Now, Michaela, I really appreciate having you on and talking to you and getting some really great advice. So thank you. Thank you for sharing all of this information with us. Thank
1: you for having me. I have been so excited about this all week. I've kind of been like, yay, I'm on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a really, really cool one, guys. I've been telling everyone about it. So
0: Thank you. Thank you. That was very sweet. But yes, Michaela, I've had fun. I've learned a lot. And I will definitely include all of these things in the show notes so that everyone can get all the information.
1: Perfect. Thank you again. And thank you, everyone. Now go have a fun and functional day.
0: (laughs) Now that does it for this episode of the Real Happy Mom Podcast. To find the links in the show notes, make sure you head over to realhappymom.com slash 30. And do me a favor and leave a review if you found that this podcast has been helpful for you. That will allow more moms to find out about this podcast and for me to give you other experts to bring you some more great information. Now that does it for this episode. I'll catch you in the next one.